everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. eyes they don't look very healthy or happy (laughs) (laughs) I think that's true um how are you how was your weekend I can't believe it's Tuesday I already feel like it's Thursday yeah so do I I got um Invisalign yesterday yeah you said I can't hear it when you talk I can hear it when James talks I can hear it when I talk why um, is everybody getting Invisalign now? Like, is this a thing? I don't why. I just wanted straight teeth. I have straight teeth, but I need, like, infills. My friend Russ had it done. I can't remember what he called it, but it's like... Oh, right. They, like, fill in all the gaps and stuff. Huh. They're quite gappy. Did you have braces when you were young? Mm, yeah. But me and my whole family, we all have quite gappy teeth. My brother, my nieces, my nephews, we all have, like... You could never very much see the distinction in each tooth. <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, I'm not loving it. And I can see, so when I put it on my Instagram, people were like, oh, I lost, it was the only thing that helped me lose weight, which I think is such an interesting concept. Oh, yeah. But now I can really see, like, eating is such a faff. Such and, like, a- normally I realised, like, before this, I had, like, five minutes, I would eat a protein bar or something, yeah. have something. But I can't because then I have to go and brush my teeth. Like, and also they want me to keep one side of my retainer in when I eat, because otherwise the the way that I bite it will just move the teeth back. Oh right. So that's gross. Which means you can't just eat. So like you have to actually sit down. Like there will be no snacking. But I had can't. I had train tracks <laughs> for like. I mean, at least a year. I don't remember how long. I have no memory for anything. But at least a year, maybe probably longer. And you have to eat with them in every day. You do just end up getting good. You do just end up getting used to it and brushing your teeth a lot. James has Invisalign. I call them his teeth sheets. He leaves them all over the house. It's not cool. Um, He always takes his out, though, and then, like, leaves them out for two days. And then it's like, oh, shit, my Invisalign. I'm like, I don't think it works like that. (laughs) Well, I know. That's what I don't want to do, because it'll just take longer and longer and longer. Mm-hmm. it does I think there's so many comparisons to coaching okay so a few things one is the cost mm-hmm. so more likely to stick to it genuinely if Invisalign were free was free no one would use it how much is it or is that inappropriate to ask you four grand oh, James did not tell me this well I mean he probably got it free right to be like oh I'm using Invisalign Probably knowing James hustles to get everything free. It's very impressive. I'm too embarrassed, but go on. Yeah. So anyway, I think partly it's it's the investment, which will make you stick to it. And the reason I say that is because it, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> like you don't really want to do it and you're not seeing any results straight away. Right. So kind of like coaching, like you're going to have to do stuff that is quite uncomfortable that you're not going to see an immediate reward from. And then I think the investment helps you stick to it. And then I was also thinking like the way that they were framing it as they were telling me, there were so many things I was like, oh, this is so useful 
long-term consistency keep that shit in even when you're uncomfortable you gotta keep that shit in otherwise it won't work very good very good and even the way they set like an expectation so like it will probably take a year but they can't like I mean they're like if it's not if your teeth aren't straight at the end of the year it might take longer yeah that's just the way it is same with coaching we might be able to say hey like you'll see results within eight weeks but like we're going to keep going until you get the results that you want and depending on your consistency that will impact how long it takes so I think but it made me realize the importance of setting a timeline like of it will probably take x amount of time or even the way we sell the EC method if we just sold it as like you can whatever you want and it will just take as long as it's going to take that's very hard to commit to versus I'm going to commit to this for a year or I'm going to commit to this for eight weeks or you know a lot of people have committed to the EC method for a year Mm. and then I'll see where I am but in I think like as a psychological concept it's very hard to commit something forever I agree it's easier to be like oh this is how long I'm doing it and then I'll reassess I agree this I always say I really unfashionable coaching now people have get really on their high horse about it giving people a timeline or people giving you their timeline is so helpful because you're right you you lose momentum like it all becomes this big blurry like wading kind of commitment and that's tough you need to know that there's like where you're going why you're getting there what's happening at the end why you're like otherwise it's just really tough um so yeah I'm a I'm a real people know I'm a really big fan of that and I do understand that for some people that's a bit of a trip up and a downfall and of course as coaches you have to work around that every client's different you have to work with the client and some coaches need that kind of very slow um I guess edit of their lifestyle um to get them where they want to go over time but um a lot of clients don't do well with that um what was I going to say to you I can remember did I already tell you the analogy he gave me about why you need to keep them in no okay I think this is good for coaching as well but he was talking about how it's kind of like pushing a boulder up a hill if you stop you don't just stop where you are the boulder starts rolling back down right like much like with if you're forming habits you need to keep doing them because if you just stop doing it it's not it's not really like you stand still you actually start to go backwards a little bit and then it's harder that's why it's hard to quote unquote get back on track right because it feels like you need to get that momentum going again I have two questions please when you get to the end of your you get to your final teeth sheets what is to stop the boulder then rolling back down the hill I don't understand maintenance which is a little bit of wire behind your teeth and also wearing a retainer at night I have that and they snipped they snipped my thing to stop my teeth separating you know like how babies have tongue tie I had it up here so they snipped it so they stopped separating and they put the thing behind it okay fine so them just like snipping the no it's horrific and then they put a little stitch in it and the stitch was like uh question two are teeth sheets the new world answer to train tracks like are what are the train tracks called because I completely forgot braces are braces now obsolete because of Invisalign no I think if you one they're faster like they're still better than Invisalign I think people will just wear these because like I think it's more that like adults would wear them like it's it's weird for an adult to have braces well no it's not weird if you do have braces great but I think most adults like I don't want to have braces 
yeah, most highlights are, but I actually think it's quite cool. One of my friends doesn't give a shit, and she's got them, and I think she looks, oh, she's fit anyway, so fuck her. <laughs> okay, well, what do we have on the live? Okay, um, Kanchan saying you have beautiful eyes. Thanks, Kenny. Oh. Um, Samantha just saying, Chloe, describe your perfect date. If you're stuck, maybe Kerry can help. May 12th. Well, wait, hang on, wait, no, wait, what's the date today? Because it'll be today. Is it, is it May 25th? No, no. Is it it's May 12th? It's May 12th. It's a line from Miss Congeniality. Because yeah, no, but why? Because it's not today. She, I know, I don't know why she's doing it today. Oh, May 2nd! May 2nd, when we open the new EC method group. That must oh. be it. That must be it. Yeah, it's not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. <laughs> Right, okay, that's obviously why we did it. Okay, Samantha, when do I know that I need a deload week? Everything is achy. Do I need a deload or am I not recovering properly in the week? Which Sam is this? Oh, no, wait, it is April 25th is the miscongeniality day. Oh, is it? I thought it was May something. Oh, sorry, guys. No, isn't that in, you'll be impressed that I know this, Mean Girls. What's the date? It's May 5th. Uh, That's October 3rd. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Not very good. I'm, I can't, oh, I still know. I don't. Okay. Sorry, guys. Sorry. God, my brother will be so upset with me. Um, which Samantha is asking about deloads? Johnson. Um, how do you know if you need a deload? Signs would be that you feel um, like chronically lethargic, not like you're having a bad few days where you feel really tired because that happens to everyone and it can be hormonal, it can be stress related, it can be sleep related, it can be diet related, it can be a number of things. But you're feeling chronically lethargic, lacking energy, you're finding that you're getting ill a lot, like you shake a cold and a week later you get another one. Um, you find that you're um, struggling to sleep um, that can be impacted. Yes, that your delayed onset muscle soreness is more delayed than usual, or that it just randomly reappears when you haven't had any DOMS for like, I don't know, weeks, months, years, whatever. Um, again, psychological stuff, you feel like you're really dreading going to the gym where you once really enjoyed it. And also during the session, you're really hating it or feeling very lackluster. And again, this is chronic. You're going to have the odd session that's shit and it happens and it happens all the time. You're even going to have the odd few sessions in a row where it's shit. Um, but this is like, wow, I've been coming to the gym every session for like two, three weeks now and it just feels like shit. Um, all of these signs are signs that you should probably take a deload. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay, where are we? Tracy's just saying, yay, made live. Not sure how long I'll be here, but hi, hi. Uh, okay, Anki, what I'm hearing is that Invisalign is a great tool for mindful eating. Yeah, I'm actually worried it'll make me lose weight and I don't really want to lose weight. I would be worried about that too. Like even just, I think I'm just going to have to start drinking protein shakes again. Yeah, that's an easy option. Oh. gonna be like a lava lamp in your teeth sheets she was also like um oh yeah so try not to eat any like hot foods so like not hot foods and not foods that are gonna stain the thing I was like all right so like bland what like mashed potato cold mashed potato for a year great oh gross I uh, went to a meeting yesterday and I ordered a diet coke 
And one of the girls I was in the meeting with was like, she'll need a straw with that. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, it's going to stain your teeth. And I was like, what, one Diet Coke? She was like, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, fine. My teeth are really yellow. I need to get them white. But, right, so this is the difference between you and me. <laughs> I bought and paid for the whitening kit, which is expensive, not as expensive as Invisalign, FYI. And I took it home thinking it was going to be some, like, hour-long thing that I had to do. You have to sleep with these, yeah, teeth sheets in with the whitening gel in for, like, days slash weeks. I can't remember how long. And I was like, well, no, because I won't get a good night's sleep with this crap all in my mouth. So it's been sat there for like a year, probably is out of date now. And I'm just like, I can't face it. I'll get so angry. I'll wake up at four o'clock in the morning and like tear them out my mouth. Am I being, do I need to just shut the fuck up and do it? I'll do it if you tell me to do it. I thought you could just go to the dentist and they would do it in a one hour. They don't do that anymore. They give you, they do the teeth. They do the teeth sheet molding. They give you the trays. They give you the gel. You go home and put it in. And it's going to look like Ross from Friends. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. You know what Jordan said today? He was like, is eating with the men like a little bit like sex with a condom on? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> what would I know? Imagine so. I think that's, I think yeah. that's a better analogy than. I was like, there's so many analogies around Invisalign. I know. But I imagine it's similar if you were a man. Yeah. Um, Okay, Kanchan. Oh, another analogy. Right. An analogy, if you will. A legal contract between two parties of what shall and shan't be done. But this akin to you and your life and what you will do or will not do. A data processing agreement and security agreement are an appendum in the legal contract. These are bolt-on agreements and would be very preferable. This is akin to training and eating well, which overall helps fulfill the contractual agreements. Nicely If if we knew anything about legal processes, I feel like we'd resonate with that analogy more. I know. Canny, we should get Canny to tell her story about how she ended up doing what she does now. It's it's all very funny and very interesting. She's she's an interesting cookie, I can't. I'm intrigued. Um, okay. Uh, 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 where are I? Right, okay. Kerry, my friend just wanted to say thanks for answering her big quesi on the potty last week. She's been resting lots since and behaving herself. Well done to your friend. I know, Kerry, you're doing so well. I love uh, that you're happy in your headspace as well. Samantha's saying, when I had my tongue pierced, I lost so much the, that first week eating was just way too much effort oh my god tongue have you ever had your tongue pierced no my best friend has it done and it's sexy as fuck and yeah hers I think it's the most like the highest rate of infection of any piercing you can get and hers got infected and that shit is in your mouth but she stuck it out she fucking stuck it she was like I will heal this infection and I will keep going so for like two three weeks she was just dealing with this infection and now yeah but she loves it so I was like me I don't know what it is every time I'm out and someone gets a camera out and I'm drinking I stick my tongue out and it's like I'm 18 I'm like every time I need to fucking stop doing that it's really embarrassing yeah a tongue piercing yeah well she does it but obviously she's got a tongue piercing she's like look how fucking cool I am let's be honest you get your tongue pierced because you want to say to people I'm cooler than you that's definitely why she did it I'm always worried that it would give me a list yeah well I mean I have a list but I'm just living my life one day at a time Emma (laughs) I mean like 
technically it's not a lisp it's called a lazy s a lisp is at the front of the tongue like this mine's at the back of the tongue like this <laughs> like a snake no but like some what if it goes wrong can't it give you like I reckon so yeah I mean like you lift up your tongue and you see all the veins and everything in there yeah I reckon it can go really wrong mm. Mm. okay um Kanchan, I stopped whitening my teeth as I wanted red wine. Fair enough. Well, that's another thing. Am I going to counteract it by drinking red wine, which I like to drink sometimes? Mm. Mm. Or like coffee or something. It's like, which I like it- to drink daily. Uh, okay, well, we're up to date on live. Okay. <sighs> okay. Um, oh, Emma, I'm gonna. I should read out uh, an IGDM I got today, which is really nice and funny. I'll oh wait, that. is it the same one I got? Is it really nice and funny? It was really nice, and she told me to pass it on to you because she didn't want to. Um, I don't know. Uh, what is what was the wording? Please, if you don't mind, could you share this with Chloe? I know she struggles with the weight of her social media account. How sweet is that? It's Stephanie. Yeah. Yes. No, Stephanie, I sent her like a five minute voice note telling her how much I love her. <laughs> she, yeah, she was sweet and funny and cute. Yeah. Really funny and cute. Um, also, did you see on the Daily Mail online that <laughs> they did a headline about um, Jordan Banjo? They said, I'm so proud of you, Naomi, my angel, my wife. Jordan Banjo announces the birth of his baby boy. Is the couple welcome their third child? And it's just loads of photos of me and my dad. <laughs> Wait, why? Because it's the Daily Mail. It's Wait, Daily- why are you and your dad on it? Who's da- who's Banjo? Jordan Banjo's a dancer. A famous oh, dancer. Is that the dancer that you danced with? No, I have nothing to what? do with him. I've never even met him, which is weird because I would have thought I would have. But no, I've never met him. But it's just loads of photos of me and my dad. Case. So the Daily Mail online, it's like teenagers writing copy. There's no copy approval. It doesn't go through any editing process. It just goes up. Like it's like a churning machine. So it's like half the shit they write is just utter fucking nonsense. And the scariest thing about it is like 10 million people a day read this website. Like it's really, and it's like, they just don't copy proof, check, read anything. Also, and once they had a story saying that, Richard Madden was going to be the new 007, the new Bond. And the lead, it was the lead story. And the lead photo was my dad, I guess, because Richard Madeley, Richard Madden. And then I was like, oh my God, Dickie, you're going to be the new Bond. Oh, wow. What? So I still don't really understand what they, did they get the pictures confused? And yeah, they obviously, just, they obviously just put some random thing in there, put it up, nobody checks it, nobody proofreads it. It's like mental. That's why if you you can, I've never done this, but I have it on good authority that if they use your images from your Instagram, you can send them an invoice and they'll just pay it because they don't have the legal, like, <laughs> can-chan. They don't, they don't have can-chan in place to even bother trying to set, like, to even bother trying to fight this. It. It's just not going to, but yeah, that made me laugh. Anyway, right. So Priya, hello, lovely Clemmer. I've been having a few um, digestive issues. To elaborate, because this is a safe space, my oldest daughter, seven, has been saying a bit too often, mommy, have you done a fart? I've been trying to work out what's going, what is causing this. And the answer came to me while on holiday in Colombia. 
Usually daily, I have a scoop of protein powder post-gym in my porridge, and I also have one protein bar a day. Whilst I was oh, I didn't have either for two weeks, and lo and behold, the issue went away. Yes. Since being back, I've switched my breakfast to scrambled eggs with feta, tomatoes, and cucumber. Thank you, Chloe. You're fucking welcome. Everyone who, everyone who was skeptical about the cucumber thing, just, just try it. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's, and I've stopped the protein bars. My question is, do you think it is likely to be the lactose I am intolerant to or the crappy polyols used to sweeten the protein powder and the bars? The former. Or perhaps it's both. Polyols aren't crappy. It's honestly, this whole kind of fear mongering around sweeteners is really, really like not something any of you need to be worrying about at all in any way, shape or form. The reason why so many people struggle with whey protein is because of the uh, lactose element of it. Um, but all you would really need to do is go to something more hydrolyzed, like a whey isolate, and you'd be fine. Um, so, yeah. Um, should I just try and reintroduce one without the other? Yeah, I think you should and see which has your worst effect. Emma, what do you, I reckon, just going on experience, the bars for some reason are worse. What, what do you, kind of protein bars is she having, did she say? No. I think it might just be the, the volume of protein sometimes. I, yeah. I think the bars are often worse, but that's just because I think whenever I've experienced something similar I've been at like an expo and all there is is protein bars so you end up just like yeah. without knowing it eating like four or five protein bars in a day yeah and then you just feel like shit but that's also a combination of the bars no fruit or veg no actual meals like standing around all day doing whatever you're doing at an expo like probably feeling um nervous because you're talking or whatever so there's loads of stuff that's going on um it might be just the absolute volume but I would test out maybe which one it is or even trying a few different protein shakes as Chloe said it's it's unlikely to be the sweeteners um I think people put two and two together because there is some research that sweeteners impact your gut microbiome yes not to the point that people feel symptoms from it but yes. like on a in like a lab situation you would be able to see a difference in your gut microbiome so we don't need to eat loads of them but there's certainly no need to like avoid them at all costs especially not if you are having fruit and veg and everything else that you should be having which is going to improve your gut microbiome it's if you're doing that it's likely going to have little to no effect at all but you're right I think that is why people jump to that conclusion okay anything else in the live uh, let me just check. Um, Tamsin saying rice protein, rice protein for the win. Hmm. Have you had rice protein? No. Is it a complete protein? I highly doubt it. Um, That's what I was thinking. Rice protein. I would imagine not full amino acid spectrum. I would completely agree with that theory. Um, Some, I think. Some relatively high in calories per like 100 oh here we go my protein brown rice protein um it's vegetarian and vegan obs obs um product nutritional information right per serving 127 calories 23 grams of protein i mean that's good 
but then it doesn't shockingly tell you an amino acid breakdown. Right. It is not a coincidence, friends. Oh, go. What? Oh, it's gonna say I thought you were about to say something. When there's no amino acid breakdown on a protein powder, which should absolutely, just by default being the product that it is, have an amino acid breakdown. And it tends to only happen with vegan and vegetarian proteins because it's an insufficient, it's an insufficient breakdown in terms of its amino acid profile. Oh, just something to think about. And also a lot of people are saying it doesn't taste nice. I'm just reading the reviews. That tends to be just my protein protein in general, though, I feel. I used to make like mug cakes with my protein protein and you could literally like like cardboard, pick them up and like tear them in half. Oh. Okay. Well, someone said it's actually fine. There you go. Someone loves loves the rice protein. Um, Yeah, I always found that my protein... Let's just see. Is rice protein? But it depends on the product. So some of them will put soy protein in to make it a complete profile. But if it's a standalone rice protein, I I don't see how it can be. This is weird. It's like rice protein contains all amino acids, but is not considered a complete protein. That, well, that's a complete, that's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard in my whole life. What? Uh, yeah, I know. It's like saying this steak is 100% Aberdeen Angus beef, but it's not considered meat. What are you talking about? What? Yeah, I mean, it does con- contain all the amino acids, all the essential amino acids. I'm so confused. Um, But I think that was just because it was some, like, what's it on? Healthline.com. Oh, yeah. You just, look, all I will say is sometimes, like I say, they put soy in and that does complete it. And that's fantastic. Most of the time when you look at those standalone plant-based protein powders, like your pea proteins and your rice proteins, it's not going to cut the mustard. Again, caveat to that, if there's other ingredients added, it can change that. So I just want to put that out there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Right. Becky Sharp, breathing. I know I need to do it, but I don't know how. Example, doing Emma's new grad gym push and chest press. Sorry, Emma, I'm going to let you answer this. I just need to check something quickly. Doing Emma's new grad gym push and chest press. Am I breathing out on the slowdown and in or fast on the up? I'm not sure if it's important as long as I'm breathing, but my Pilates training is making me think that it does have an effect. Thank you, ladies. So often the way that yoga and Pilates do it is like almost opposite to the way that you would normally do it when you're lifting. Like normally you would breathe out as you press, um, which normally helps. But sometimes with certain moves in yoga and Pilates, it kind of seems like they're doing the opposite. Um, As you said, it probably doesn't massively matter unless you're holding your breath. So I wouldn't overthink it. And I think sometimes when you start thinking about your breathing too much, uh, it actually makes it worse. 
Yeah, sorry guys, the penny dropped there like a second too late and I'm just checking in with Daniel now and I will do another update with you all as soon as I get a hear back from him. Um, anything on the live? Sorry, the penny dropped about what? Becky. Is that a question from Becky? Yeah, that was from Becky and I just realised it like a second too late. But um, Okay, we do have a question on live or okay. I think it's right. Can Chan, without lowering the mood of the group, I actually feel miserable today. My uncle died yesterday from a stroke and it's put me in a funny mood yet again. I get over one head fuck of grief and grief and then somebody, then something else comes in. I've done what I normally do and compartmentalized, got up, went to the gym, walked, ate my prepped meals. But a, a part of me really wants to get slaughtered. I'm remembering that I have seven weeks to go until the shoot. Shall I save the blowout until after then? You know, it's really tricky because I think some people do find that seeing their friends or having a bottle of wine with their husband or something is a really nice kind of trigger point or cue to help them unravel and and unwind and relax and be able to say everything especially people like you can Chan, be able to say everything they want to say that they wouldn't say otherwise and let all the emotions out that they would never let out otherwise and actually and I talk about this in the context of, of comfort eating and I actually really talked about this quite a lot on the Emma Guns podcast there's nothing wrong with being like you know what, I'm going to have a few drinks so that I can allow this thing to come out of me that isn't going to come out otherwise and I'm just going to plow on before I fall headfirst into a brick wall um, and the same, same with comfort eating, you know, that there's nothing necessarily wrong with comfort eating. You know, I think even choosing the foods that you choose in a dieting phase and the times that you like to eat in a diet, even that is an element of comfort eating. Um, so I, I find it interesting. In some cases, I do think that, and I, I speak from experience and also with friends who not all of them, some of them are sober, but some of them drink, um, sitting down and having a few drinks with someone you love can actually be a really nice like I don't know blah that you need but the the other side of that and I'm sure we all could get familiar with this is that actually it can make you feel even more it can make you feel worse the next day not only physiologically but psychologically like nothing's really been dealt with you've just kind of tried to numb an emotion or a pain or something you're going through with a substance and actually it didn't make you feel better and then physically you feel worse and funnily enough when you physically feel worse you will mentally feel worse we all know that people like me who struggle with anxiety when the anxiety flares up the first thing I do is step away from the alcohol because it's not my friend in that context no honestly it's very subjective and it's also very reflective of whatever it is specifically that's happening I think if you want to have half a half a bottle of wine with Raj tonight over dinner and talk about what's happened that could be a wonderful thing I think or I know you like whiskey like me which is great I think if you're Ooh, gonna get you know what? whiskey whiskey brandy rum gives the worst hangovers yeah I mean that doesn't so whiskey I'll have one whiskey and wake up feeling like I was at a bar all night and didn't leave yeah there's like a compound in it that gives you worse hangovers and then like red wine as well but like white wine not so bad yeah, yeah it's the tannins and red that really get you but um but canny I don't know I think I think if you want to have half a bottle of wine with Raj tonight and see if you can if that unlocks your ability to communicate about what you're feeling and going through that can be a really nice thing especially with food drinking with food is great and with water is great um 
if you're like, I want to get slaughtered and basically get completely fucked off my face and pretend that this thing that I'm going through isn't happening, probably not. But I just think sometimes the reason why I try, I wanted to maybe over talk on that and give it different kind of thoughts and context is because I just, I don't think it is fair to say that it's always a really bad idea and that you're always numbing your emotions. There are some people who actually it really helps to get out their emotions in a way. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree. I think the difference is like numbing your emotions would be like sitting in your room on your own, binge eating, like something, right? Or like, like you say, massively over drinking and pretending it didn't happen going out for a nice meal that might push you over your calories or ordering in your favorite food that is going to take you over your calories or having half a bottle of wine that's very different and it might be soothing and actually that might like that might genuinely be comfort eating and by that I mean like it does actually bring you comfort I think the issue is that most comfort eating doesn't bring you comfort Mm. it just numbs it right and there's there's a bit of a difference there so I think I think I think we need to start making a distinction between emotional eating and comfort eating. And I do not think these are the same thing. And I, who was it? Was it Polly that asked about this? And again, I said Venn diagram in the last one. I'll do it again now. I think it's like a Venn diagram. I do think there's a middle ground in the middle where these two overlap. And it can be emotional eating and comfort eating can become the same thing. But I actually don't think it's, they're the same thing. I think emotional eating to numb emotion is one thing. I think comfort eating is part of the human condition. I think it, it bleeds into restaurant culture and having a home cooked meal and cooking something yourself. Or as I said, ordering in your own, your own, your favorite takeaway with your family on a Friday night. And I actually don't think it's that bad of a thing as long as you don't abuse it. I think it's quite a lovely thing. Um, anyway, carry on. No, no, I think, I think that's the point. It's like, if it is genuinely bringing you comfort, then it's not necessarily a bad thing. If, if you're being honest and it's not, you're just numbing emotion. Like, mm. then no, I, I don't think that would be particularly helpful. And you'll probably wake up feeling worse and then being annoyed at yourself for blowing it as well. And I guess it's like the magnitude, like the first, I don't know, maybe it's the whole nice meal that you have will bring you comfort, but then overeating after that, that's not going to bring you comfort and that's more like the numbing emotion side of it or just the avoidance side of it and then I would also think about like what else is going to bring me comfort here Mm. I'll be only going to get comfort from food for a pretty short period of time so what else can I do that's going to bring me comfort yeah and I really like the analogy that Emma used there really the emotional eating company sitting on your own in your room and drinking a bottle of wine probably not gonna do what I'm saying could be positive about sharing a bottle of wine with your husband for example I think that's very astute and I also think that choosing who you're going to share this bottle of wine with and I'm not you know I'm not projecting I'm just giving an example actually also is like there are friends of mine who I would drink to get shit-faced with and there are friends of mine who I will really enjoy a few drinks and a conversation with and like and it's absolutely enhanced by the fact we've had a few drinks um and then there are friends of mine who it's my night's probably well certainly my next day is ruined because I decided to go out with them and have a few drinks so I also think that choosing your counterpart is a smart thing to do agree Okay, Kerry, would you mind talking a little bit about changing up load intensity, please? On squats and deadlifts, I've I've been so used to lifting as heavy as possible for eight reps, but I'm wanting to go a bit easier on my body and really connect with my muscles instead of blasting my central nervous system. Um, 
do I drop the weight a bit and up the rep range? Well, I think going as heavy as you can for eight reps is a good goal with squats, whether you're talking about hypertrophy or avoiding central nervous system fatigue. Um, But I do think that if you're feeling like you need to give your body a bit of a break, maybe taking it from a back squat to a goblet squat um, will be a different challenge and you won't be able to lift as heavy, um, but you aim aim to fatigue in that, I don't know, 12 max rep range will probably be a really nice range for you. Um, or instead of doing, doing squats, do something that you naturally have to go a bit lighter on, like, I don't know, walking weighted lunges or split squats or something like that um, and perfect the same um, movement pattern while having absolutely no choice but to reduce weight um and and reps as well likely um and i think that will give you a nice break mm-hmm. yep um okay tamsin just saying what other protein would you recommend for those lactose intolerant probably soy always soy if you want to do a plant brace, always soy. It's, it's really the only one that has a really nice full amino acid profile and and um, dose of um, leucine. Um, Liz is just saying, I'm at the most boring, badly run conference ever. So glad the live is today, getting my steps and walking around the grounds. <laughs> Great. Um, oh, okay, right. Ooh. Um, Samantha saying, by the way, Chloe, your Emma Guns podcast is amazing. Thank you, guys. You know, I was really, really panicking. Emma was like my actual therapist. Like Emma Story Gordon was my actual therapist in the week after. I was like, I'm really panicking about this. And I like, I was like, Emma Guns, please let me listen to it back. She was like, no, you don't need to. It's fine. And it's fine. Just don't worry about it. And I was like, send it to me now. But it was fine. <laughs> okay. Um, Emma. Love a whiskey, but yes, the hangover. Don't get a hangover on red, but that, but white actually kills me. Oh, that's interesting. White wine murder, me and my friends call it. We all turn into fucking psychos. If you ever see me out, any of you, or any of you ever read a story or hear a story about me out acting like a fucking nutcase, it's because I drank red, white wine. White wine makes me mental and all my friends too. It's a thing. <laughs> oh. Okay, other Emma. Can we talk about fats? When hitting daily fat target, do we just count, quote, unquote, good fats? Thanks. No, you count all fats. And again, yes, it is fair to say. So the, the reason why we talk more about unsaturated fats um, and, and why we, we're, we're preferential towards them is because they are extremely, quote, unquote, healthy, but also because they're, they're so much harder to acquire and amass in your diet then saturated fats are, especially in, in the, the food environment that we're in these days. So there's a lot of focus on that. And that's great. And I'm all for that, by the way. But again, like kind of like we were talking about sweetness, having saturated fats in your diet is not a bad thing, as long as you're also getting your unsaturated fats in and, and it isn't so vastly dwarfing, you know, your unsaturated fats. So, so again, it's not something that people need to be really scared of or really worried about, you know, if they're really taking care of their health and they're getting in their unsaturated fats and their fibers and their lean proteins, you know? So yeah, another thing that maybe people need to not be so worried about again with the caveat that I've mentioned. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of that is common sense. Like if you know that you're getting all of your fat from like or like, you know, like stuff like that, then or like processed meat and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know that that's probably not a good thing, but if you know you're getting some healthy sources of fat, like you've got olive oil in there, you're having some avocado or something like, then yeah, probably fine. I would think more about food choices than macros most of the time. Yeah. And I think also that's for, especially for people who are new to learning about nutrition and tracking people do think about things in terms of food choices not macros at least most people do the vast majority of the world's population do um and that's why actually you know we talk about food bibles and meal plans it get quite a bad rap but again it's like people need to learn somewhere somehow um you know not everybody's seeing everything as a number you know um yeah yeah and nor should they and then we know that the impact of like food volume and what you eat within your calories will certainly impact how hard it is to stick to your calories like I had a chat this morning with someone who's signing up to the next round of the EC method and she was talking about how she always really struggles to stick to her calories and I was like what are you eating within them and a lot of it's like quote unquote like snack healthy healthy snack type foods that don't really fill you up very much instead of thinking about whole foods and food volume almost without looking at calories you'll often just habitually eat less if you fill your diet with more of that and that's so so important to how easy it is to stick to your diet I think when people say no can't stick to those calories I'm always hungry on 1600 calories you're not 100 percent. you see it with trading I don't know a packet of hula hoops for a, a bowl of protein oats you'll finish one and still be hungry you'll finish one you won't want to eat again for at least an hour or two like and it's you, you know you're completely right people do need to and a lot of the best like absolute best dietitians and nutritionists in the world who know everything there is to know about calories and macros they don't even really give their clients that what they say is i want you to make sure that every meal you have you have protein fruit and or veg um and then and then a lot of the time when they give and emma and i do the same thing when they give you tracking numbers it's calories and protein and the rest of it is make sure you get in your fruit and veg and then whatever you want make sure you get in your fruit and veg and then whatever you want and like this is and the reason for that is because a it promotes a really healthy mental relationship and behavioral relationship with food because you still get to eat what you like but b it promotes a really mentally and healthy behavioral relationship with food and your body because you're eating what your body needs and you're also never getting to a point where you're like oh i just sunk 500 calories on pringles and I could go again. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kanchan. Thank you. Like a goody two shoes. I'd started banking some calories for the weekend, and I've got enough for a Nando's burger tonight, and maybe have a zero percent G and T because I want to train chest in the morning too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. Like, yeah, perfect. Um. Okay, Amy. Hi guys. I've been really loving, um, EC. And I'm definitely signing up for round two. Thank you so much. My issue is that the that the that the scales are utter. I don't know if I can say this word on podcast, bastards, yeah. and fluctuate so much. I can't actually tell you how much I've lost to see if I need to make any changes to my routine going forward. I'm five foot three. I do about thirteen hundred steps. A, wait, thirteen thousand steps a day, and around four workouts and two runs a week and stick to 1600 calories my goal is to lose three kilograms over eight weeks right five for three 
Did you say how much she weighs? Oh, right, here we go. My first recorded weight on EC was 60. One day later, it was 58. This week, my weight is moving between 58 and 57, back to 58.9, and even one at 56.3 one day, blah, blah, blah. I wonder... Uh, you say, I wonder sorry, it started, the highest was 60, the lowest was 56.3. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's it. That's what you've done. So you, first of all, just with your stats alone, I can tell you you're in an effective deficit and you're doing really well. Second of all, the scales are very, will fluctuate for everyone, especially if you're quite little, which you are, um, in terms of like the the real swing of them. Um, and lastly, you've gone from 60 kg when you started. And then I think she said to show this week or last week, it was 56.3. So you've lost 3.7 kg since you started. So it's fine. We only want you guys to count the lowest weekly weight and you will have weeks where that lowest weekly weight is up and that could be hormonal. It could be a number of things, which is why we won't make changes until we have three weeks consistently worth of weigh-ins from you. But also everything you said, real stats sounds spot on, babe. Yeah, totally normal. And then I'll just finish this. So I wonder if my goal wasn't realistic or this just scale fuckery. I know the general trend is going down and I feel great, but I can't cope with the bastard scales. They seem to be saying I've only lost around one kilogram since we started. I mean, Chloe just explained that's not the case. How do I know if I need to tweak my calories or ignore the figures? Yeah, so this is exactly why we ask you to take the lowest weekly. The scales will fluctuate, completely normal, completely inevitable. And yeah, the data is not, you know, you know, you're not like losing a kilogram of fat overnight and then putting it back on overnight. Like that does not, happen the scales will fluctuate and that's why we're looking at trends over time and you've just said over time I've been trending down bam that's it you don't need to change anything yeah agree okay should we do one more yes because then I have to go so let's find okay here we go Okay, here we go. Hi, Emma and Chloe. I hope you're both well. I have a couple of questions for you. Question one, I have a very, very sweet tooth and I used to love eating Greek yogurt or protein bars as an afternoon snack. But recently I found that I don't actually digest dairy very well. What high protein, easily prepped, sweet snacks would you recommend? Oh. Protein, if you don't like whey protein and you don't like yogurts... I honestly can't think of any sweet, high protein, anything that you could have. There'll be, so there are like little like vegan protein bars. Yeah. That. And yeah. Honestly, like, I, I hate saying this because it sounds like we're just like, just fucking Google it. I'm not saying that at all, but Google will have a far better answer for this than I will because I'm not way. No, I think you answered it. Go vegan. Go vegan high protein snack. Again, soya, please. Yeah. Um, question two I travel to Italy a lot for work sorry I travel to Italy brackets Florence a lot for work oh. let's all just take a moment and envy the hell out of Lucy uh, I try and make sensible food choices usually choosing protein and veg for lunch and for dinner but it's not easy to track as everything seems to be absolutely drowning in extra virgin olive oil oh, I'm so jealous oh my god <laughs> My mouth is like watering. <laughs> to eat. Um, 
I also found that traveling increases my appetite. Do you have any tips for not overeating while traveling? Yes, my number one tip is what it is normally for people not overeating and keeping on top of their appetite on a normal day. Eat every three hours and eat something substantial every three hours. Um, I would say it's if you're just doing protein and veg, this is when I'm like, well, it's okay that it's got olive oil on it because you're omitting the carbs. So you're kind of trait. And I always say this to people, like if you don't want to, you know, you could have a, a high protein, high fat, high carb meal and really downgrade the size and it'll be calorie appropriate for, I don't know, 1500 calories, for example, or you could omit, uh, omit, sorry, either the carb or the fat, and that will bring it down. Um, there are loads of different tactics, but this is one of my favorite tactics, especially when you're somewhere where tracking isn't really appropriate and you just kind of want to eat smart and order smart. This is a very good thing to do. So you're nailing it. But I would say eating every three hours and not eating, like we said, like a packet of hula hoops, eating properly is good. Emma? I don't think I have anything to add. Um totally agree and very jealous of olive oil and incredible food I mean that's the other good thing is like at least it's a good fat that you actually probably want to get in like if if I had one superfood it would be olive oil yeah you always say that Mm. good skin as well I put it on Bodhi's skin a lot (laughs) imagining you like smothering you know, there's all these videos on Instagram with these babies that love baby massage and they're really cute. Bodhi fucking hates being like touched and po- like me when I was a baby, like hate her two worst things are like us wiping her nose. If you want to hear a baby scream, just go into her. And then um, sleeves. Just every time I try to put her hand through a sleeve, she has a fucking meltdown anyway. Oh. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for today. <laughs>